Hey team, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little bit since we've dropped one, so we're absolutely pumped to be back and we've got a, a great episode, I guess, to kick us back off with Benny Cudmore from Self Seen jumping on the potty today. I wanted to preface Benny's interview a little bit. I was absolute honor to sit down with him. He's got an inspirational story that I think everyone will get something out of. Uh, Benny's life's kind of gone from putting himself in a position of being at the lowest of lows as he explains and then just turning himself around from a lot of self-accountability, a lot of self-belief and um, a lot of learning who he is as a man. So I'm excited for you guys to hear his story and hopefully share it far and wide because it's one that should be. Uh, Benny's also a co-founder of Self Seen, which is the men's group up in Port Macquarie that we support through YTD. So we donate a dollar from every single garment direct to the boys. Uh, they do a stack of work with um, the local men's group up there and local women's group now as well around men's health, uh, mental health as well, and a couple of workshops for everyone in the community. So um, we're always pumped to be around him, even more pumped to have Benny on the podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy his story. For anyone that's looking for a collection two, I know we've dropped a couple little things on the gram, but um, we've got collection two coming out on Sunday the 13th, which is this weekend for anyone listening right now, and it drops at 7 p.m. So if you're looking for some extra fresh threads, um, jump on the website and grab them. Um, same thing as usual, dollar from every single garment will go directly to self seen. So uh, what better way to kick off the new podcast with the man himself, Benny Cudmore, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, well, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a long time in between drinks, but uh, first first guest is a special one for us, uh, Benny Cudmore from Self Seen and a, a local boy from where I grew up as well. Arch Rivals probably back in the day with Port Macquarie <laughs> and Warhope, but anyway, uh, Benny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Pleasure to be here. Mate, it's been a long time coming to get you on. We've had a couple of hiccups along the way, so it's nice to finally be here. About to say it's about 50 messages back and forth and about yeah, six months, but we're here now. <laughs> 50 messages, 50 dates, mate. So yeah. we got there in the end. That's it. Uh, just for the listeners that don't know, do you want to introduce yourself? Just a bit of a background about yourself and uh, obviously you're a father, which is important to us on our podcast and you know, how many kids you have. And Absolutely, mate. As you said, my name's Benny. I'm from Port Macquarie. Um, Proud father and proud husband of three beautiful kids, Poppy, Lucy, and Ray. Poppy's my oldest. She's um, just about five, um, going on 25. <laughs> and uh, Lucy, yeah, Lucy's three and Ray's just turned one. So we've um, got our hands full at the moment. Um, Mate, jammed them together. Yes, yes, all in one go. And I think we're we're done now. Um, so, yeah, just sort of getting through it slowly and learning along as we go and doing our best, as you know. <laughs> So, Mate, it's crazy. I got yeah. I got a similar approach. Ours are or so we got eleven, nine, and seven. Oh right, there you go. Um, yep, yep. So they're all like, it, yep. they're all like jammed in, jammed in together as yeah, well. Yep. So absolutely. How do you find the age difference? No, they're very good. So we we sort of uh, we plan um, plan them sort of together for so they can grow up together pretty much. Um, I had yeah. you know a close brother and um, it was really good for me and my, my wife didn't. So oh they obviously close, but um, I was eighteen months apart from going the older brother and. It was awesome to have him growing up with and, you know, fight with him all the time and I thought it would be great to sort of <laughs> bring, out, bring our girls up together. Um, yeah, so it's been going well, mate. We, we, we love it, yeah. Nothing, nothing better than being a father and, as I said, learning as we go and doing our best when the tantrums happen and everything else. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the only way you can go. I think um, when I talk to a couple of my mates, I ask them what's the best advice you can give me when they're having a first kid. And um, I always just say to people, like, don't listen to anyone's advice because it's a roller coaster. Oh. It's going to kind of adapt your own way. Absolutely, mate. I think um, one other thing is don't judge yourself to other parents either. 
don't listen to anyone else oh, judging you. Like, just do your absolute best. Yeah, I think it's the only thing you can ask. How um, how old were you when you had your first one? I was thirty. It's the thirty. So thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just turned uh, thirty, and I was actually uh, at the time addicted to ice. So it was um, so it was pretty heavy early on when I was a father, and uh, sort of the first nine months, I actually gave up um, an addiction when she was nine months old. So that's when I really pulled my head in, and my life sort of turned around um, in a big way. Um, in a positive way, positive direction. Took took a long time. You know, I'm four years just just on four years clean off ice, which has been an absolutely amazing journey. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, January, January or late December. I, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, it was around that time. It was, it was a bit of a mess back then, but um, yeah, definitely. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. So no, it's been it's been great, mate. It's been a, a long journey, and um, and yeah, since then, pretty much. Um, Put my head in and and um, want to help people. So obviously, the underlying reason why I was on ice and uh, using in the first place, trying to hide from the world and um, you know not talk about my feelings, etc. I had a few mental health things going on um, and dealt with pretty heavy anxiety. So um, yeah, my business ended up going bankrupt as well. So it was sort of led down the path of destruction, mate, and um, pushing everyone who loved me away and my mates away. And I just lived the lonely life of you know the pipe more or less and hit away from the world but um yeah as i said the last four years have been an amazing journey mate um in that time we've created a local men's group um a local support group called self-seeing as you know you're a big supporter of us what we do yeah um, love it yeah that's no, made it's bloody unreal it's it's given me a bit of purpose but it's you know it's something that um i help create and um i love being a part of and we we meet every week on a sunday we go for a walk have a barbecue or a fruit salad, depending on which they were trying to introduce fruit salad to the men. They're a bit standoffish when I said, <laughs> when I said I'm going to bring it down to fruit salad. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, mate? So, so no, it's just snacks, boys. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. We usually have bacon and grill. We get local, you know, we're not for profit. We've, we've turned into a not for profit yep. and it's um it's been amazing. So the, the whole sort of, you know, we can we can gain funding through that and um, help people, you know. So we, we've got a few members that are homeless. So we, we use money that we've raised last year, raised a bit of money last year, and, you know, we help them with accommodation, food, petrol, things like that. Um, we've just run a, uh, a mental health first aid course for 20 of our members as well. So 20 locals trained oh, up awesome. in mental health first aid. Um, all our leaders are as well, trained up in that as well. So, you know, we're, we are, we're not professionals at all, but it's a group of people that have gone through it, go through it, continue to go through it and grow through it. Um, so we're just trying to um, trying to normalise mental health more or less, so people don't turn to the pipe, or, or if they do, you know, or, or alcohol or whatever your addiction is, if they do, there's no judgment. You know, there's just a, a, a yeah. support group for for men and women. So we've got a women's side as well. So we've got the sisters and the brothers. Like it's it's an awesome thing for our community to have. You know, it's, it's um, just happened naturally as well. Just the four four amazing ladies that showed up and and offered their services, and they've all got an amazing story as well. And they're on the mental health space and, and want to help people as well. And and that's where it's all stemmed from, you know, and a non-clinical environment for, for blokes to come and, and share. Um, we have a men's circle once a month, a uh, very private sort of place that you can come to, open up, be seen, be heard, um, whatever it is on your chest, we don't judge. We don't give advice unless it's specifically asked for. It's just a, a, a circle, doors closed, what happens there stays there. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's like, as you said earlier, mate, I'll, I actually might not have said earlier, but I played footy. Obviously, we grew up together playing footy against each other. Yeah. Remember, I used to, used to smash each other. Uh, oh, mate, I was shit at footy. <laughs> <laughs> I was a passenger, yeah, mate. Yeah. I just thought I was good. 
Yes. You see me just skating out to the wing, pretending to be a half hour to tackle anyone, mate. So. <laughs> yeah. We had some robbers over here. That's for sure. But, we did. But um, no, so like I've sort of tried to introduce that sort of camaraderie in, into the group, you know, a bit of laughter and a bit of fun as well. Um, nothing too serious on the Sundays when we meet up, just a bit of laugh. And, but we do get some blokes come down there in a pretty serious way sometimes. And, um, yeah. you know, and that, that's that's great. We, we can point that out. As I said, we've had a mental health first aid certificate that doesn't sort of um, give us any type of, you know, we're not professionals in any way, but it gives us a, a like a confidence enough to talk to and where to, where to refer them to and, and make sure that they're safe and lead and follow it up, you know, and, and that's what we've been doing. Um, we've got a couple of really good people on board. Um, we just picked up a mental health nurse who's a part of our board now. Oh, awesome. Very, very, very good to have him on there. Um, just brings that clinical environment as well where he, yeah. he knows the waste avenues to go when blokes do come down in a bad way, you know, and, and it just takes that pressure off. Um, to know that they're in safe hands, more or less. Well, I think I kind of like coupled onto the journey ages ago when you started um, first sharing your story, and I thought, um, from my perspective, like it was especially us being from a small town, mm. um, man, it was super courageous to to kind of come out and and talk about it. Something that obviously a lot of people go through and doesn't get talked about very often, and people are probably nervous or scared to come about it, and especially in a community like we grew up in. Um, a lot of stuff probably hidden behind closed doors and whatnot. So um, I remember jumping on then just seeing your journey from then into um, self-seeing and whatnot as well. It's been super inspirational, not only to me, but I know a stack of blokes out there as well. Thanks, mate. Um, so, mate, it's just, you know, I guess from the community, we'll probably say thanks to you and well done. <laughs> thanks, mate. Um, but I know it's probably taken you know, a fair while considering what you've gone through to get to this point. Just to, Yeah, and that, that was honestly where the drive was, mate. I, I sent a lot of blokes struggle after I sort of, it took me about 12 months to come good after after giving it up and it took me nearly 12 months to be honest, you know, and, and come out and tell the people that I love that I was actually, it, it did to us, not many people knew at all, if any, at the time. I just did a lot of hard work yeah. myself, got myself right. And then by the time after that 12 months, I knew that I had to help people and just didn't know how, but um, it just naturally evolved, you know, and, and um, I always said to my wife, something's going to happen, something's going to happen and things just, just fell into place. And the drive behind it was, I've seen a lot of blokes struggling with addiction, especially a lot of blokes that I hung out with too, um, that I wanted to I wanted to be the voice for them that I knew that they were still stuck behind them doors, you know, and, and stuck in that addiction, that cycle, you know, hiding away from the world and and, and struggling with their mental health because not even really knowing about it either because I remember the darkness when I didn't understand what was going on with me. I didn't understand any of uh, why I was leading to addiction and, and the triggers and the, the cycle of giving it up and going back to it again and giving it up and going back to it again and just constant chasing and um and constant feeling like worthiness like worthlessness like i was just a um like i just i didn't feel like i belonged anywhere i just felt lost you know yeah and I, I i knew that other blokes are feeling that as well and i think the i've been vulnerable and opened up um doors for me but it, it allowed other blokes to as well and i think it the more and from hearing other people's stories that that helped me open up you know what I mean? Listen to podcasts and things like that. And that gave me the idea to obviously start my podcast and share my story um, originally, you know, and obviously that led to where I am now, but, and the drive behind it, but just, just to know that your story is powerful and, and it's valid no matter how big or small you think it is. Cause mine's very trivial. I thought, you know, and it's not the, the shit I was going through and, and everything like, obviously there was obviously had a lot of business finance troubles and things like that, but that was just at the top of the iceberg, you know, and, yeah. And there's all this underneath it that I hadn't dealt with over the years, you know, and it's sort of it, that's what led to the, you know, understanding it all and, and, and getting through it and going through it, you know. So it's, um, yeah. It's been a Mate, how did you feel when, um, 
You obviously would have been like, I can't put myself in your shoes, but I'm presuming you would have been nervous as trying to put that story out into the world. Mate, How did you feel after the response? Well, I, first, firstly, I sat in, it took me six hours in my garage to, to record it, probably longer. I remember yeah. I said to Katie, I said, you've got you to get out of the house. I can't have <laughs> anyone here. I was even like, yeah. I didn't want anyone to hear me. I had like sheets up on my window because obviously I'd soundproofing as well. I wanted to do it all. Yeah. Legit. I'd just do good stuff and, so it took me about six hours and um, the response was amazing, mate. Like I, I didn't expect it. A lot of people reached out, had no idea. And um, and the, the, the beauty was I had a lot of mothers reach out, I had a lot of, you know, sisters reach out to me. My brother's going through a similar thing. My son's going through this, this and that. And I showed him a podcast and that's helped him out. And, and still to this day, um, I get them sort of messages and, and it gives me drive and it drives me every day to, because it's scary. Like even the posts I do on Instagram and, and Facebook, they're, a lot of them are very vulnerable and, and come from the heart and it's scary to do that still to this day. I really have to push myself to send it. Sometimes I'd like, I'll delete it and then I'll put it back up again because I know the importance of how it's still scary but I know the importance of how, you know, it, getting your your story across is and for other people to to help them. I think by using Instagram and, and Facebook as a positive instead of a negative, um, you know, and especially if they've been going in the world at the moment, mate, I think, is, crazy. Is, is key and yeah the response is amazing but i think you know we it got so good that um um i that it gave me that much confidence that i i got a, a really amazing article from the port news and and the focus magazine in like this local rags and oh mate it was awesome and i ended up just going right i want to raise a little bit of money for life on because it was sort of they reached out to me and i was trying to um, I've got a good relationship with the with the guys in there, the amazing team at Lifelong uh, North Coast here. And um, I just reached out to them. I said, hey, I want to raise a bit of money by doing a um, a um, clothing grant, like just shirts, those shirts and hats, yeah. um, bit, of, bit of merch, bit of Happy Days merch, and um, or 100% of the profits go to you guys. And they said, oh, where do you want the money to go? And gave me a few options. And it was to train up um, the uh, phone counsellors. So I think we raised close to four grand. And also I had new podcast going as well and i had uh, a couple of local businesses reach out as well so i know you give us a plug at the start of the pod- podcast we'll throw 50 bucks in an episode for you i was like sweet so i was getting yeah, four, awesome. 400 bucks an episode and plus the merch range i think i don't five four or five grand we raised for lifeline and then um and then i ended up stopped doing podcasts just got self-esteem so i started kicking off but mate that 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 the response helped me keep going it was scary you know and and there was like there was a lot of people I didn't tell. Like I know I didn't tell my parents, I didn't tell my in-laws, I didn't tell my best mate, you know. And like it was like I had to I had to do it my way because if I didn't do it my way, if I didn't just put myself out there, other people's opinions would have stopped me from doing it. The people I love would have said, "What are you doing that for? That's stupid." Don't put yourself out there. Don't yeah, hundred percent. Tell anyone because people are going to think differently of you. And I was like, "No, nah, that's not the way I want to do it." So I just went kept my mouth shut, just did it, like, and just put myself straight out there. And um, and the, even the people, the people I love, the people that um, that never heard the story before, obviously there was a bit of, um, you know, a bit of um, bitterness, I suppose, towards it and a bit of a heap of yeah. questions asked, um, you know, more, um, but around it all. But by the time, they, you know, they understood it all, it was it was worth it. And, um, yeah, to this, you know, without starting a podcast and, you know, um, that wouldn't have led me into starting self-seeing because Eli, the bloke who I um, co-founded, and Greg co-founded self Seam, is all in the mental health space. And without starting that, that's just led me onto this. So, and that's one of the things I said to my missus when I first started, when I first wanted to, when I was getting at the start, that um, I knew that I wanted to help people. And I knew something was going to help, was going to 
show up just you know in in some way or another and eventually it did and i said to her i said whatever i do next is going to lead me on to the next thing it's going to be a stepping stone for what's next i don't know if this is the positivity i'm i was just like obviously got in a good headspace of that 12 months i was 12 months of training at the gym all the time and really looking after myself just but the positivity i was just i was listening to podcasts 24 7 just nothing but positive podcasts um i just i literally had this block up for any negativity at all even gossip i just no i wouldn't have it i'm away from that I'm hey, it works it honestly oh, works absolutely sometimes when you talk about it like that sometimes people that don't have the same mindset think you're a bit nuts they're like yep. what do you mean but um we've always had this this notion of just like hey everything will work out mm-hmm. and um as long as you're putting yourself in the right places and you're positive about it and thinking like hey what's the worst that can happen exactly right um uh, i found the same thing it's like you know wouldn't find myself in I lived in Warhope and then moved to Sydney and then moved to Melbourne just let it flow and just like being like hey if like if it goes wrong goes wrong but everything will work out and Have it, it always yeah. does so mate, I'm a big big um, believer in the positivity and just kind of manifesting what you where you want to be absolutely and uh, like you're living proof of it I guess so um, just, yeah. mate, it's awesome I think when it first came out like it kind of went like wildfire for me so like it just felt like it just popped up out of nowhere and yep. it was just, it was everywhere. Like everyone was, you know, from, from our hometown was just sharing it and so many messages yep. on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. It's also, um, yeah, man, it was eye-opening for me in terms of just like, um, like you know, we don't have a super big personal relationship, but I was like proud of you just just knowing you um, from playing your yeah, 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 footy thanks. and whatnot. So, and um, mate, even talking to a couple of the boys, like the message got out there super quick and mate, everyone was so wrapped about it in terms of just understanding your journey and where you were at. So um, I think it helped a lot of people subconsciously as well. So it's yeah, man, it's something to be super proud of. I think on on your end, um, not, yeah. mate. As I think, like just going back a bit, like how did you feel when you're obviously going through everything and then just about have your first child? Like, what, how was your headspace? How are you thinking about having a kid? Like, oh, it mate, been a, a crazy time for you. So we it took us a long time to to have Poppy. So we we tried for nearly two years. So it was a, it was a journey on its own. So that was that was another bit of pressure as well because obviously Katie was going through a bit of. Um, you know, it was hard for her because we 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 couldn't work out what was going on. We're trying these new things, yeah. and, you know, and then because it's such a process, they have to they have to knock one thing out to start another thing. And we're pretty much on the last sort of um, these injection things um, to before IVF, and luckily they worked. It was, it was amazing, mate. And as I said, it took nearly two years. So it was a lot of that took a lot of toll on us um, as well. But I was I thought I was ready to have. A kid, you know, and I've always wanted to be a father. Like I'm great with kids, always have been since I was younger. Like I was just nieces and nephews, love them. Like it was, it's just, it's sort of in my nature to just to care and look after. And but the trouble I got myself into at that time, before that, um, and around that time, uh, and the pressure of Poppy and and like having the bub and getting sent home with the bub and um, financially we were, we were screwed. Like I was so far behind financially, and I just started a huge project uh, 47 units i was a tyler floor more tyler um and i just got the contract for this huge like and it was i was just like this might get out of jail free car but um the pressure got to me obviously and um and things just sort, sort of got worse towards the end of the job um it got let me mental off get the better of me and didn't do like as i said i didn't know i didn't know anything about mental health i thought you know crazy people struggled with just you know depression and things like that that's just sort of where my, my mindset was at and um, and it sort of, yeah, it sort of led me to a path of destruction, that whole that whole sort of um, job and end up going bankrupt um, yeah. at the end of it. And it, that just sort of, um, that put a, Katie, like, well, I was, 
I ended up leaving. Katie had enough of me because I was just telling lies. Um, you know, it was end up leaving and sitting in a car for a couple of nights um, and sleeping on a job site as well. Um, attempted suicide, just in a bad, bad headspace, mate. And that was all when sort of the nine months since Pop, while Pop was born, the whole job just went, you know, let all the pressure get on me. I had a couple of apprentices at the time as well. And obviously financially I was behind. I was borrowing money to pay them and I was always behind paying them. So I felt like a, you know, and but because I'm a good person deep down, but I was just that far behind financially and I couldn't get on to, I couldn't get back onto it. And it was just the only thing, the only way I could deal with it was disuse. And it was just taking away yeah. all that drama. Like I'd just go and hide all day away from everyone. Um, some days I wouldn't even go to work, but I'll be technically at work, you know, I'd, you know, just be hiding away from the world. Um, yeah. You know, planned, planned for, you know, thought about suicide for a long time, but never really, um, you know, never really thought it would come to that. But in a sense, I remember thinking, I remember thinking at the end of it, I was like, look, if it all, all comes out, you know, I'm just going to go, like, because I'm too afraid to deal with, I'm, I'm not mentally stable enough to deal with anything, you know, if it comes out, like if anyone found out what was going on and I just, yeah. that's it, you know, and that's that's pretty much where it, where it come to. But well, luckily I was strong enough to, to, to pull through that and get myself right, give it up um, and just seek the right help and, um yeah, it was just to, yeah, just to open up mainly and, and work out why the, the cycle was kept repeating while I was going back to drugs in the first place, you know, whether it be party drugs. And I sort of started taking party drugs from the age of 16 and I knew that was like every weekend, mate, for like a long time. It was, it was a couple of years there where, where I got off it and um, but it was sort of like that was just in my life all the time. So the feel-good feeling just ended up floating into work, you know, and, and that was just like, oh, well, I might as well do it at work now and, then ended up being, you know, I couldn't even go to work without it. And if I couldn't get on, I'd be at home in bed sick, pretending to be sick or actually physically sick. So, yeah. The cycle. Mate, what yeah. was the, like, what was your trigger? What was your trigger to, you know, change everything up and you get on the path that you're on at the moment? Was there anything specific or oh, the, just? The trigger to change, you're saying? Or, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So the trigger, yeah. trigger to change was was the suicide, mate. I, like, like I was sitting in the car and... I remember just screaming and crying, mate, and I was, I'd had enough of everything, like the guilt, the shame, finance, I'd just gone bankrupt, I'd just given it up, you know, and I'm sitting in my car, um, Katie's had enough of me because I just, you know, I'd had, I told every lie under the sun, you know, addicts are the best lies in the world because they believe their own lies and, um, you know, that, yeah. that's where I was at. And I was just sitting in that, you know, and I had to sit in that, like I remember the morning of I had nothing, like just, and, and no petrol in my car and, or anything. It was just like I had no, like no one even asked me phone call. It was just like everyone was off me because I just they'd had enough of me because I was just a mess and a wreck and and I don't blame anyone, you know. And that was a turning point, mate. It scared the sh- like it scared the shit out of me to change my life, pretty much. And that moment, I remember I just I sat in my car and I started screaming after it and just like 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 screaming for something, you know. And and um and I ended up getting through it. I ended up ringing Katie up that day and I said, look, I need to come home. I said, I need to come home. And she's like, all right, that's sweet. Anyway, bore my eyes out. Um, I ended up telling them, because I was in such a bad headspace, I ended up telling um, them that I um, nearly crashed my car <laughs> just to yeah. just to sort of take the, you know, the, um, the sort of get it away from that sort of, you know, this, like I didn't really, you know, I didn't want it to think that I was, I was trying to take my own life, you know. I wasn't yeah. trying to kill myself. I was just trying to. Um, that was. I just had fell asleep on the wheel. That's sort of what I said, and I, I stuck to that lie for you know a long time, just until I could strong enough to get that out. 
but that was a turning point, mate. Um, it was it was that, and then I got a phone call. Um, actually, no, I ran into a mate. Didn't get a phone call. He ran into him a few days later, and um, I was back living at home. And like at this point, I'm still all over the shop, and um, still just trying to knock off it, but still trying to get my, my myself back together. And me mate Murray, he was an under under eighties Australasian um, strongman. So he's and, and he, he was a good bloke, like just just down to earth bloke. Ma, is that Maza? Maza, Maza Joyce. I know Maza. Yeah. He played for work for a couple of yeah, years. He did, yeah, yeah. Maza's the yeah. best bloke alive. Mate, champion. Like he literally. I love him to death. Oh, so do I, mate. He, he he saved me, mate. He was one of the guys that saved me. Like you know, I've got I've got a, a list of people that did. He was he yeah. was he's up the top, you know, and. He he ran into me. It's like he's seen me. And he, he knew that I was up to no good. And that before that, um, you know, he's he's seen straight through me. He's like, "What's going on?" I said, "Oh, just nothing. I was just in a mess." And he goes, "Come down here for training." Um, and I was like, "All right, I sweet." So I went over to his his joint. He had his full set up in his gym, like just you know, junkyard set up in his gym, like he had. I could imagine, mate. He had concrete things with pipes coming out of it, and just big. <laughs> Like homemade steel ball, mate. Absolute champion. I loved it. It was great. I went down there deadlifting. Um, I remember my first, you know, and I, I did that every day. So I lived about three k's up the yeah. road. We moved back after going bankrupt. Me and then I moving back in the mother-in-law's house, um, just to sort everything yeah. out. And I ran down there every single night. So I'd have dinner. We put Poppy to bed, and I'd run down there and um, and just train, train my ass off. And I missed it because yeah. obviously since leaving forty, I left forty a couple of years. Like you know, whatever, whenever that was. I can't remember the timeline. So it would have been two years before that. Um, I sort of missed yeah. that training, you know, and, and, you know, that camaraderie with, with the mate and just ripping in, you know, that, you know, get the good feeling, dolphin flowing and down there just, yeah. just smashing these weights and then running home again and just knowing that I just have to keep pushing myself to do that. And the better I felt, they've kept pushing me, kept pushing me, kept pushing me. And, and that's, that's just led me to another thing, another thing. And it ended up um, getting myself in that good of shape. I was about 95 kilo just... Well, fit as I've ever been, fitter than any time in footy. Like I never, I was always lower than ninety playing footy, playing back row, yeah. getting hammered. But it just, it's like <laughs> I was that, mate, I was that, like fit and confident with myself that um end up um um booking. And, and at this point, so Lucy, my second was Katie was pregnant with yeah. Lucy like when Poppy was nine months, and she was Katie would have been a few months pregnant. Um, yeah, pregnant with Lucy, um, and. Then by the time it rolled around um, to Lucy's birthday, I'd, I'd enrolled into become a, a to do a um, a strongman comp. Uh, just a, oh, yeah, yeah, I did, mate, and I didn't go in it because that weekend Lucy was born. But oh, no but way. it was it didn't matter because because I trained my ass off for it, mate. Like it was like I was yeah. in my mind I already was, and and I guarantee I would have won. There was nothing that was going to beat me, you know. Like it was it was just like just intermediate one. It wasn't a professional one. Yeah. I think it was just a what do they call it um, for them comps, but. Um, but it was against four other blokes and I send the times. I'm like, oh, I would have smashed you all. Like, but it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. But it was all the pre-work to get there. And I knew that I knew that there was like that that hard and it, and it kept going. Like and it's and it still that mindset still does I don't do that anymore, that training. We had a really yeah. good setup gym here in Port, which would, would just happen at the perfect time that, you know, Mother's place um, you know, was getting a bit crowded because we had a few blokes coming down there and then this strongman yeah, gym imagine. showed up in Port. So I went around yeah. there and, and started training there. It was great. And that's where I did all in training. And um, but no, it was just it was it was fantastic, man. That that just changed my life around for the better. You know, I was from that, like I was the best father, you know, at that particular time that I could be for my kids. There's no like there's no I couldn't have been any better for anyone at that point. Um, even I remember when I left tiling, when I went bank, like obviously went bankrupt, but I kept going, like I was still tiling after that. I remember I applied for a few jobs and um and I'm getting 
on the counter, I just on my side. Whoever gets me next is going to get the best version of it. It's going to be like, and I remember yeah. on the counter, I was the best worker on the counter for a long time until obviously you get sort of stuck in a bit of a cycle and up leaving um, last year. But it was just because it's it's very slow paced job. Yeah, <laughs> but but I remember like I was just there was there was no there was nothing else going to stop me, you know. And and um, even to this day, that mindset's still in there. Um, last year, twelve months ago, I changed my roles to, from the council, started being a support worker for disability. Um, so I work mainly with mental health guys, um, you know, do with, That's awesome. yeah, it's bloody unreal, mate. So it's been a, been a journey and, and, you know, what's next, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Similar to yourself, mate, you know, like you said, you moved to Sydney and I, I did hear a bit, bit about your story, Maddie Weber, um, and Jesse Weber told me that. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So you moved to, moved to Sydney to chase, you know, to, to grow your brand and then now you're down in Melbourne. So how, how good is that, you know? Mate, it's been a crazy run. Love it though. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been. Couple of leaps, that's for sure. Absolutely. A couple of risks, but we're here now, we're still still kicking. So, yep. mate, who would have thought? Honestly, I, f- I haven't thought about Muzz for ages. I remember seeing him in the gym when I was in Port, yep. and um, I remember the first time he came to the club. He's just the most positive bloke alive. Oh, absolutely. And I'm thinking after we've run the racetrack 400 times, I'm like, hey, how are you still fucking talking <laughs> like this? <laughs> he is the uh, best. Mate, mate. He's an absolute legend. Yeah, one of a kind. Is he still in Port? Where is he? He's, he's in Bonnie's, I think, mate. I'm, I'm actually going to reach no, out to him. Very, yeah, yeah. Because I haven't seen him that 12 months. Oh. Um, so I want to reach out yeah. to him and catch up with him. So, mate, I'd love to see him. Next time I'm up, I'll have to um, try to catch up with you boys. Absolutely, mate. He's an absolute legend. That's yep. awesome. Um, so, mate, when did, when did the transition into self seen kind of start? Um, obviously, it's a. Uh, a couple of the boys I know go to the walks every Sunday. Um, mate, I love it. I went to a, a men's walk with what, a couple of my mates, obviously not self-seen. Um, a while ago, one of my mates was struggling with something and we just we went for it. And, mate, it was one of the most amazing days I've ever had in my life. Beautiful. And um, so when I saw it pop up for you know our local community, I was like, mate, how awesome is this? Yeah. Um, and I see a couple of boys every weekend, uh, Rudy and Mickey Moore oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, Champion blokes. Yeah, that can um, yeah. Yeah, so I was just super pumped to see it kind of start up and get off the ground. But um, how did the idea form up and how did you link up with the boys? So, yeah, pretty much as I said before, it was podcast. So um, I'll put myself in that space just by that. And then um, Eli, the, the founder, original founder, so it was his idea to start up a men's group just to do men's workshops. Similar to, I think, you did you do the men's medicine? Yeah, right? we did yeah. that, yeah. yeah. We so that so we started on workshops, very similar to that. So um, um, Eli sort of, he's done a few... Um, things in his time where he's just put a curriculum together and an itinerary for a immense um, outdoor uh, workshop. And we did the first one, me and another facilitator, Lukey, and um, he just said, I'll put you through it. And with a few other blokes, went down a big hill in Crescent Ed and did a workshop. Yeah. And I'm like, and this was sort of still trial, trial running, you know, and just thinking, how's this going to work? I didn't. And at this point, I'm thinking, this is the weirdest thing I've ever been involved in because, like, I was – you know, I had no idea about breath work, meditation, still to this, like still at that time talking about like feelings to other men without talking to a psychologist yeah. or anything like that, you know. And by doing that that day, um, showed me how important important it is, mate, and I fell in love with it. Like it's, it's it was the weird, like, like I said, to, just to be there and to step out of your comfort zone and step out of your ego and, and stop worrying about people are walking around the place while you're doing breath work or you're, you know, looking like we literally stared into another bloke's eyes for three minutes, you know, and I, it was the most confronting thing I've ever done. But it was amazing. And when you hear the reason why, because, you know, we don't look at other people's eyes, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, mate, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. Um, and, I, and like I said, I fell in love with it, mate. And that, and then I fell in love with self seen. And I'll put, like 120% effort in 
from then until this day today. That's how much I know this works and I believe in it. Um, we've we've since, um, so Eli since left um, and sort of left the reins to me and Greg and um, the rest and the, and the ladies. And uh, we ran about four or five uh, workshops since then. So it started in 2019. Yeah. So 2018, I, I sort of, that was my year of, you know, that 12 months was just like, I'm, this is me, I'm back. You know, this is really finding yourself. And then 2019 was the year of growth where I learnt breath work, I learnt meditation, I learnt, um, you know, mindfulness and the how important, you know, daily affirmations are and journaling and um, push myself more, not so much physically but mentally, to be better and, and work out deeper about myself, you know, and that that was that was the um, – and, and, you know, the stress that would pop up for me. Like I'd have, I'd have a stressful day at work, being on the council, putting up with my old supervisor I didn't get along with. I'd literally sit in the car and do a meditation and I'd be like, before then I'd probably just, you know, I, I could have just that, – that stress was just a go drugs or go get some beer, you know. That was yeah. – and now I've got, a, I've got a tool. All right, that's an awesome tool. And now I've got, a, you know, a, a laundry list of bloody tools that I use to, to get through it. Don't always get it right, but um, it's it's like they're there always and they always that, – that's just – I'll go straight to them to, to – and that started from from doing self-blocks, doing the original workshop, you know. Um, and, yeah, as I said, we ran about four or five of them and then we thought we need more connection. So we started a, a Sunday walk every Sunday, just a casual walk, sunrise walk, did a walk every Sunday, um, 6 a.m. Uh, went for about an hour, hour and a half, and then that since turned into a – it's called Pop Crow Men's Meetups. We've got about 800 yeah. members in the, in the group. Um, we meet up every Sunday still, but called Pop Crow Men's Meetups. Starts at 7 now, so it allows other blokes to actually – Come in, come that are they can't get up at six of the kids or whatever it may be. Yeah. Kids, are, kids are welcome to come down. We have a barbecue. We have a light walk because we get blokes down there that are a bit older that you know might have bung knee or or whatever it is that they can't walk too far. So we just go for a light walk up to Shelley's Beach and back again. Bit of a chat. Coffee van shows up. Blokes go grab a coffee, sit down, have a chat. You know, some blokes leave early, some blokes hang around. Um, and then that's that's just the the Sundays. But the beauty about starting this private group on Facebook, man, it's it's allowed other men's groups that we do in Port. Um, to come into that as well. So um, there's a bloke who runs a, a men's men's walk on a, on a Saturday and a Tuesday. So I was like, mate, yeah. use our platform to, to share that because not everyone can come on Sundays. Got a bloke who does a bloke's coffee time. They do that once fortnightly on a Wednesday and use our platform, mate. Like, and it's just all these positivity. You get blokes who sharing quotes in there and like it's 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 an amazing environment to be in to, to have that space for Port Macquarie and surrounding areas to to have uh, for, for men to be able to come to and be like, look, I can be seen, I can be heard here. And there's there's another men's circle that, that just started back up um, in Port as well, um, that they come to our Sundays as well and they come to our men's circle. Yeah. So it's just like there's no ego attached to anything we do. It's just like we're, we're one group, but there's another, other groups in town as well and we, we're all in this together, you know. It's a, it, we just help each other out to, to um, create this connection um, for whoever yeah, it is. Because, yeah, mate, our, our group might not suit everyone. Um, as I said, yeah, and that's just sort of how it evolved, mate. And um, one of the things we, we stopped doing the workshops last year um, just because I couldn't do that. I didn't think I could do that on my own, you know. And obviously, yeah. the, what showed up for me was a bit of self doubt, you know, what gives me the right to like do this, you know. And, you know, yeah. like that just shows up in my head. So I'm literally telling myself, yes, I can do it, like every day I'm unstoppable and I've been wanting to do it for the sort of past six months, but I let that get the better of me, so I didn't. But 
this year, I've just we're taking um, them over. Yep, told them boys to shut up and and, and um, yeah, just believed in the ability. Uh, brought in a breathwork facilitator. Uh, brought in a, another bloke, um, Nick. So we've got Steve Bellamy and Nick Bork, who's um, who's coming in to um, do containers and ice baths. And um, so yeah, it's, no, it's going to be great. So it's, it's not so much a full one; it's an indoor workshop, um, half day workshop. And we just sort of minimised a little bit to allow um, not so much of a big day, but still give these the bikes the tools, the journaling, breath work, yeah. um, vulnerability, the importance of vulnerability and learn that for yourself. Forgiveness. We've got a forgiveness ta- container where, um, which I learnt off uh, one of my men's coaches I worked under, Blaze Grinner. He, he um, it's a forgiveness letter, um, you know, and you don't need permission to forgive anyone in your life and you don't need to tell them that you are going to forgive them. Um, you know, you could be holding on to hate from something that happened to you as a child or um, your parents or whatever it may be, um, but that hate is going to con- keep going, drag you back to your past, you know, and and the more you hate, the more you, you can't grow up with, with, with hate. You know, you're going to be bitter. And so it's all about releasing that, and that, that's the whole point of the day. So, um, you know, it's it's we're going to show up for limiting beliefs, what's our fears, we're going to talk about that, talk about our past, and then go into a container where we we, we it's our own container, so we all go in our own separate ways. We get half an hour, how long yeah. it takes. We literally write a forgiveness letter to ourselves, to our parents or whoever it is in your life that you're holding on to hate with. You know, it could be anyone, like even if it's your missus or whatever, your boss, anything. And it's it's all about getting that down on paper and then understanding. And it can be pretty traumatic as well um, without a whole space for the men as well But because obviously it can bring a lot of trauma up, especially if, you know, yeah. people might have been molest- molested and things like that. And um and and it's it's all about letting go of the past so you, you can be better for your future because if we're trying to our past with hate then it's 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 a toxic thing and you're going to be repeating a cycle and I know that personally and that was one of my things because I was kept hating certain things and it just kept going back to it so then we burn it so fire is fire and release mate is is death and reborn um, and so we kill it and it then we rebirth ourselves more or less and um, in in the you know just in a with a bunch of blokes. And um, and we just support each other through that. And then we go into some um, journaling, so it gives us another tool to have um, supply journaling, and gives us another tool to have every day to write things down. Um, you know, I've I've met a lot of people in my time, and journaling ranges from a lot of things. I'm very simple when it comes to my things, so I, I just do like three three things that I'm grateful for: daily affirmation, um, and just a little thing that I want to get done today. Very simple, but that structure, yeah, as well as my morning walk is so important to my routine and my habits because as soon as I go off that, then they're gone at the window and then I have to go stuff and scratch again, you know. So yeah. that, yeah. that's the sort of key. So the importance of journaling and we're talking to that and then go into breath work and then finish off with an ice bath to release it all. Yeah, and, um, yeah mate, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. And um, and to, when's, when's the first one kicking off? First one kicks off on the 26th of this month of February, Saturday, 9.30 oh, cool. at Lake Caddo. So jump on our self seen Facebook if you want to get a ticket. There's a limited tickets. I think we already sold nine. There's only 20, 20 yeah. but we're, um, we uh, we can extend that if need be. I just said a limit of 20. But, yeah, so I'm pretty pumped for that, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, this, you know, it's like I said, this I believe in this space um, and um, it helps me as much as anyone else. You know, it's, it's not just um, – and I'm learning and growing as well. Like I'm not going to get it right. I'm going to stuff up along the way and – as I have in the past, and I just learn from it and grow. And that's that's the beauty of growth too, mate, as you know. Like you, you stuff up, you make mistakes, but 
if we let them get the better of us, we're just going to be we're going to yeah. be stuck there, aren't we? So, yeah. hundred percent. Well, that's awesome to hear that you're kicking off another goal. Yep. Um, diving deep into another one. Uh, the one I did very similar to you, like one of the most intense parts was was the gazing into another man's eyes. Yep. It's just it was like when they first said we're going to do it, I was like, oh, this is really bizarre. Yep. Um, but to sit there like in silence and just like look and take it and actually look into someone. Mm. I mean, it's an experience that you can't really explain, to be honest. No, it's, um, hard, it's something that really kind of like hit me hard at the same time. Yep. I went in it as a support for my mate that I thought needed it. Yep. Um, but my, the, the stuff I got out of the day was was immense um, just for my personal growth. So if anyone's out there looking to do it, man, I'm pumped for you that you're, you're diving in deep and, and going right. for it and you should be confident in yourself, especially um, from everything that you learned you've gone through. And I think all the boys, like for me personally, if I was there, bro, I'd, be, I'd be in there in a heartbeat and want to learn from you as well. So... Um, anyone Thanks, up mate. there will be, yeah, I guess have an awesome day if they, if they stick in. The ice bars would be my favourite part. Um, yeah. Love a bit of torture in <laughs> cold water, so be awesome. Absolutely, I love um, it too. I guess a massive part of your life. And then when did you have your third one? I guess to round it off, we'll finish off with the kids and whatnot, but it's father of yeah, three now, beautiful. so it takes up a fair bit of your time, I presume. But when did uh, yep. old number three come into play? So Ray came in uh, last year, mate. He, um, oh, sorry, not last year, before, just for 2022 now. So. Oh, last year's gone quite well. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> so he's like, so he's, he's 12 months old now. Last year doesn't it. Nah, it doesn't at all, mate. Yeah, where did it go, honestly? But it was a good yeah. year for me as well, though. So it was, we had, yeah, it was a hectic year, obviously, with COVID and being locked down most of, most of the year and having three kids and, you know, navigating our way through everything. We weren't, we weren't too, um, you know, we weren't affected by all that sort of stuff, but, as yeah, fatherhood, parenthood, you know, it's it's been a it's been awesome, mate. As I said earlier, we we learn as we go, and um, you know, and we continue to learn. It's um, beautiful kids, mate. They um, they light my day up every. You know, I I love coming home. I love you know the, the girls just started preschool this year, so there's well, Poppy's not five yet. She's just four, turned about yeah. to turn five. So they just started preschool this year and, you know, just to pick them up, Dad, come and look at this, Dad, come and look at that. We're going all throughout the preschool and, oh, this is my friend. I've just met her today. So it's the second day today. So it's amazing. Oh, cool. yeah, How'd she yeah. go? All right. They love it, mate. Oh, mate, they are. Mate, they just, they're, they're kids' kids, you know. They, they love other kids. Yeah. They love meeting kids and they're, they're little best mates. So they're only, they're 14 months apart. So they just, oh, cool. like, they, they hold hands everywhere and, and you know, they're, you know, I just, we've we've done a good job with them. I'm proud to say, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're good. Good parents did was pull my head in and you know and sort my life out so I can be you know the best parent I could possibly be for them you know you know it's it's, it's an amazing feeling to give that to them um, and know that they um, you know they they need to be validated they need to be seen they need yeah, to be heard 100%. all the time you know and um, as as hard as that is but you know the uh, the more I look after myself the better I am for them if I don't look after myself I go downhill you know and it's 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 that's the number one thing, the way I look at it, is the the more I, the better I am for myself, the better I am for my kids. Even if that does, you know, put, if I have to put myself first to look after myself, then it is what it is because they need it. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think um, a couple of, like when I've talked to a couple of blokes and my mates, I guess it gets confused in society sometimes that it gets looked at as selfish sometimes if you put yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're a father, you've got a million things going on. It's like um, the big thing I learned over the years was just. Being the best version of yourself for everyone else um, makes everyone else kind of appreciate you more being around. And for sure. Obviously, how you act when you're around them as well is very, very different compared to when you don't do anything for yourself and you let yourself get into a hole and you get – Oh, for yeah, sure, mate. I guess your cup gets empty. So, uh, mate, it's a huge part and, um, you know, a big believer in it as well, which is 
I guess, the reason why we're both yeah, absolutely, in, mate. The, in the headspace that we're in. Yeah, for sure. So it's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, mate, that's really wrapping it up. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, for everyone that's heard the story, um, it's awesome for them to hear where you come from, where you're at now, and then hopefully their big supporters self-seen will continue to support it from YTD and hopefully ship over a couple of thousand bucks in the next couple of years and um, we'll see how thanks, we go. Mate. But, Benny, thanks so much for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. Really appreciate and, it. Thank um, you. And maybe just if you can give a shout-out to where everyone can find self-seen and they can find you as well, then we'll wrap up. Yep. No, we're just self-seen, um, S-E-L-F, um, S-E-E-N, self-seen um, on Instagram and Facebook. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah, it's an acronym actually for self Empowered Love Framework because every essential need as well. But, um, yeah, you'll find us on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is um, almost built as well. So, um, But that'll be all put up there on that as well. But, um, yeah, any links for the uh, workshops are on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, any messages, just messages on Instagram or Facebook and ask us any questions about it. And, yeah, happy to answer it. Awesome. All right, Benny. Love your work, Thanks mate. so much for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. Sure. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it.